everyone. Thank you for tuning in to another week of How We Get By. This is your host, Monica. I sat down this week with Johnny Popko, who is a local part of the music scene. He does. He has his hand in a lot of things. He has a podcast. He worked for a local radio station. And as you'll soon find out, he is a great help to the um, local music scene. So I particularly found interest in uh, Johnny as a part of this show because I saw that he was helping so many of my friends um, through a project he was doing by um, creating t-shirts for local bands and musicians since they aren't able to play right now in uh, venues due to COVID. So when I saw him doing so much in the community and heard him speak about some of the things that he was going through himself, I really wanted to have him be a part of my podcast and collaborate. And luckily, he was willing to sit down and speak with me. So um, I am going to just jump right into the interview, and I hope you enjoy the show. But um, anyway, hi, I'm Monica. I'm John, as you know. Welcome to the show. I'm so appreciative that you were able to meet with me today, so thank you for that. Yeah, for sure. Thanks for having me. Yeah, so um, the show is, it's called How We Get By, so it's, um, you know, centered around mental health, but I like to honestly just ask people, you know, how they get by, because that's essentially all we're doing in the world. Um, And for you, I saw a lot I've seen your name a lot this year, um, and I know you're doing a lot in the community, and you're very involved with the music scene, so I really wanted to ask you a few things about that, Um, but before we get started, is there anything you just want to share about yourself that, you know, a little bit of a bio for people who are listening? Uh, Well, my name is John Popko, as we uh, said earlier. Um, I'm 38 years old. I'm happily married. Uh, My wife's name is Amanda. And we have a soon-to-be three-year-old little boy. His name is Lincoln. Uh, He is uh, making the holiday season a joy. Uh, He's finally starting to get what it's all about, um, which is a lot of fun. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I've been in the local uh, entertainment media for almost 17 years now. Um, Started at the Weekender back in 2004 as an intern. I started there full-time as a marketing associate in 2005. I worked my my way up the ladder. I was the general manager in 2012. I did that for a year. I left in 2013. I went from there to Time Shamrock in 2013, and I'm still there to this day. Um, Most recently, I was the host of a uh, radio show called Alt Natives on Alt 92.1. Um, unfortunately, it was put on hiatus back in November. And uh, so I started a new thing called the Popco Project. And um, here we are today. That's the quick, uh, quick uh, tour. Well, I, yeah, the alt natives thing, like that was, um, that was like a mystery. Like I, like, I just remember like going on social media and there being like articles about how like, I, like, I think people were worried that you were like gone forever. Like there was a little bit of a um, abandonment issue, I think. <laughs> yeah, it was funny. People were, were reaching out. They, they were worried that I um, was uh, let go. Um, yeah. So uh, fortunately for me, 
uh, my full-time gig there at the radio stations is in sales. So thankfully I'm still employed. Um, but the radio show was kind of like a hobby for me. Um, yeah. Oh, okay. Well, I mean, mentally I felt like I was fired. Yeah. Uh, I, I, yeah. That's hard. <laughs> it, was, it was amazing. The, uh, the, uh, outreach of support that people, um, gave to me, um, you know, not knowing what was going was gonna to happen. And, um, it's funny. I keep saying to this, you know, since that happened, I feel like, you know, I need the local music scene more than they need me. <laughs> I don't know about that. <laughs> <laughs> not sure about that, but, uh, I get your sentiment on that. And, uh, well, you started now you started your own podcast, right? So I did. So what is that all about? So I started the, uh, the Popco project and cause I, I wanted to, I wanted to start a podcast. I wanted to, I, I was doing kind of a podcast for the radio show. Like I wasn't asked to do it. I just kind of did it on my own, uh, because I wanted to have like an extension of the show, you know, obviously in today's world, content is King. And I wanted to have a place outside that one hour on Saturday nights to kind of feature these artists, um, that I was playing because like, you know, you can do a, an interview on the radio with these guys and girls, but like, you know, it's the th quick three minute, uh, interview on the radio. It's, you know, you know, who are you? What do you have coming up? Um, how'd you get the band name? It was, you know, those, those quick things that you have to kind of get through. And I wanted to kind of give them an opportunity to talk more about, you know, their, their lives and their, you know, their bands. So I was doing that. Um, but it was just kind of just on Facebook, right? So when this all happened, I said, you know, I want to do a podcast um, and I want to make it legit. I want to have it on YouTube. I want to have it available on Spotify, Apple, Google, Amazon, whatever, you name it. Uh, so I've done that. Um, but I felt like I could do more than just, you know, have a podcast. And um, that's how T-shirts or shirts rather, Shirts for the Scene was born. Um that was my first effort into, you know, kind of proving to these bands that I want to do everything that I can to help them, you know, um, you know, playing their music on the radio is great. It gives them great exposure, but you know, I feel like this is an opportunity to really put, you know, money in their pockets, especially during the time when, you know, they can't play shows, mm -hmm. they can't sell merch. Um, so Shirts for the Scene uh, is a partnership with Axelrad, Screen Printing, and Wilkes-Bear. Uh, I'm so thankful to them because without them, this wouldn't be possible. But um, So there's a bunch of shirts in the store. There's probably almost 100 now uh, with local band logos on them. Um, and it's funny because a lot of the bands didn't even have merch yet before. Yeah. So this is an opportunity for them to kind of like kind of dive into that and make their, their, uh, their, their name known. And uh, so let's just say, you know, Modern Ties, for instance, um, if I were to buy a Modern Ties t-shirt, the proceeds from that shirt go right back to the band. Um, and I just thought this was an opportunity to really that is uh, just help them. I mean, we're, I think we're up to $3,400 raised so wow. far. It's yeah. So I don't know, um, you know, how many shirts have been sold and how many shirts have been sold for each band or anything like that yet. But uh, I'm happy with that number. I would love to see once this campaign is over, you know, upwards of, you know, 10 grand. Um, but again, I don't know how much is going to go to each band. I don't know how much each yeah. one sold yet, but 
if you're interested in uh, looking that up, um, you can go to my website. It's called thepopgoproject.com, and there's a link there to that uh, that store, and you can, okay. you know, go through. Like I said, it's close to 100 different uh, t-shirts there right now. So, and if you want to, if you're in a band and listen to this, and you're not on there and want to be part of this, you can email me a vector file to info at thepopgoproject.com. Okay, and, uh, I'll get it up there. Okay, I'll put that um, in the show notes too. So. Cool. We can get an easy link to that, but that that's pretty amazing. And, uh, you know, that was one of the things I really saw um, take off. And I have a lot of friends that are in the local scene. So um, I thought that that was like a really positive thing that happened this year. Um, so I think that's really cool. And I think that was like that. And um, the videos that you released in your like No Drink November, I think you did. Sober October. Oh, sober October. Okay. So I got the month wrong. So yeah. Um, that to me was like, I, you, maybe you can like speak a little bit to that, but I, to me, I just felt like you were very open and honest about like everything. Um, and that's something that isn't really easy to do. Uh, I don't, I mean, I do it on the show and it's hard, you know? So I feel like there was like a vulnerability there that I felt. And so I don't know if you wanted to speak, you don't have to, but <laughs> you can. No. Um, so <laughs> for those of you who know me, um, you know that I am a huge Joe Rogan fan. And those of you who don't know me, I am a huge Joe Rogan fan. <laughs> uh, hence the one the desire to uh, start a podcast. And, um, you know, he and his buddies, like three or four guys, uh, have been doing Sober October for, I think, the last three or four years. And I always wanted to to attempt it um, because, you know, those guys doing it, they, they, they go nuts. They, they So they not only do they not drink or, you know, partake in, you know, weed or things like that, any kind of substance, um, they also kind of do different challenges, whether it's like, okay, we have to do 15 um, hot yoga uh, oh, per okay. per month, yeah. So they kind of take it to the next level, and the one year they they almost die. Their wives actually hate when they do that. <laughs> they're so competitive and to the point where they're almost killing themselves. But this year, Joe Rogan did it, but his buddies didn't. Um, and I did it because so in years past, like it's weird. Alcohol is such a, a part, I guess you could say, of a lot of things we do in our lives, whether it's, you know, networking events, if it's going to concerts, if, it, you know, it, you know, having people over your house, you know, it just kind of goes hand in hand, which is interesting to think about um, how just socially acceptable it really is. And not that it shouldn't be, but, um, you know, years, years prior, you know, I had events that were, you know, with, well, I was going out of town to, to, you know, on vacation or going to different concerts. It's like, oh, I can't do Sober October because I'm going to the show and I'd like to have a few beers when, you know, I'm, I'm there, you know. Definitely. So this year, obviously, with COVID-19, yeah. um, there's no shows. There's really nothing going on. So I was like, yeah, this is a perfect time to, to, to kind of do Sober October. And I really started thinking about, um, you know, my life and, and how alcohol has been a part of it. Um, and thankfully, I've never had a problem. Uh, I wasn't doing Sober October to uh, get sober for any reason. Um, and I kind of felt like weird about this whole thing because people thought maybe I did have a problem and I was trying to get sober. Yeah, and, you know, yeah I know. They're messaging me and saying, hey, we're really, I'm really proud of you. Like, you can do it. And I'm like, <laughs> it's yeah, not really I mean, about that. <laughs> yeah, and it's fine. Like, 
it's weird because you know for for whatever however it helps somebody if they you know because people saw me doing it and they were like inspired to also do it which was cool um people came to me and opened up to, you know you know told me that they had a problem with alcohol or whatever and they were like you know if you need someone to talk to that's great and like they kind of opened up to me which i thought was really interesting because i didn't ask them to i, I mean and they didn't know again my background and what i was doing this for but um so yeah i, I did it in october and um I, I, I tried looking back to the point where I could think when the last time was that I didn't go like a week without having at least a drink. And it probably dates back to, man, I, I think I was like maybe 20 years old. Yeah. You know, um, cause again, I'm very social. I'm, I'm constantly out. We're you know doing shows, we're hosting events, all that kind of stuff. So and again, you just, you know, you yeah. have a beer or two and you know even even during the week i'd have a beer or two like you know with yeah. dinner or just kind of relax after the the day or whatever and um i was like wow that's really a long time without you know taking a break yeah and um so i did it i went the 31 days um like i said it was cool like the first two weeks of it i didn't feel any different which i was kind of like disappointed about um, but then come week three, like three and a half, I started feeling really great. And, um, I considered actually going even longer, um, like into like November, just see how far I can go with it. But, uh, I failed. My birthday was the first of November, which was the day after this all ended. Oh yeah. <laughs> and so I had a couple of drinks and, That's uh, fair. <laughs> so, I mean, I've limited my consumption, um, in general, yeah. you know, prior to October of this year. Um, but I mean, I think I was actually not getting bad with alcohol, but you know, this pandemic hit and, you know, all this life's uncertainties. Um, my wife and I, um, this has been a real terrible year for us, um, as people trying to, um, have another child. Yeah. Um, we've actually experienced uh, this year alone, uh, two losses. Um, yeah. but dating back to October of last year, um, we had another one. So within like 12 months, um, we had three losses, which has been, and I'm sharing this with you because, you know, we're, you're, we're talking about how we get by and, and kind of just dealing with things. And, um, it's been, it's been a difficult year. I mean, it's, and it's, it's everybody, right. It's no one has been exempt from, you know, the effects that this year and, and the pandemic has had uh, on the world. So it's, um, I'm sending my heart out to you. And I'm also really appreciative that you would share that just because I know I can list in my head a lot of other people who are experiencing that. And uh, there is so much pain that comes with that, especially repeatedly. So I uh, imagine there's a psychological toll there, you know, psychological toll. So I'm sending my heart out to you guys. Like, Thank you. Yeah. yeah, it's it's you know it's, it's one of those things too, and it's another reason I wanted to start the the podcast that I'm doing, and you know everything that's kind of involved in the Popco project is, you know, outside of music, which I think has so much uh, of a healing factor. I also want to kind of have this discussions like we're having right now, um, because I think you know, especially for women, you know, the stigma was you don't talk about things like that. You don't you know, it's, you're, you know, you're embarrassed. You should be embarrassed of those, those things because, you know, back in the day, you know, I mean, women, you know, 
so long ago, it was like your sole purpose in the world was to have children. Mm -hmm. And if you couldn't do that, you were a failure, right? So I think like, you know, that kind of traveled and I think we're kind of breaking down those walls and, and people are talking about it more, but I don't want women to feel like they should feel like they can't talk about that kind of stuff mm -hmm. because it's a terrible, terrible experience. And I, you know, I always feel bad. You know, there's these two things, right? There's being sober in October and there's me talking about, you know, the loss of a child and I'm a man, right? I'm a man and I don't have a drinking problem. So I felt like these two things that I talk about a lot now are things I shouldn't talk about because <laughs> they're not like, they're not issues for me. Like I didn't have a drinking problem. I didn't have an alcohol problem, but here I am like, you know, I don't want to say like using it for any kind of gain for myself, but whatever. Um, but then, I mean, obviously I've, I've felt the impact of, you know, losing a child. Um, losing several at this point, but it's different as a man than it is a woman. Like the woman has connection, like the minute it happens. Um, yeah. So, you know, I don't want anyone to think that like, I know what you mean. Like, it's like these two issues that you're um, talking about that are, you're kind of a little bit removed from. Um, but from my point of view, I think it's kind of a great thing because you're able to kind of speak to it in a place of detachment, which is sometimes, I think it's needed. We need that too. Like we need the people who go through it to speak about it, but we also need the people who are kind of detached from it to also speak about it. Um, and to hear you speak about women right now, like, and the way that you're uh, articulating it is just giving me chills and personally, like making me kind of want to cry because I want more of that in the world because you are right. There are so many women who go through this and they aren't able to speak about it or, um, they don't have people to speak to it about it. And I do see more, you know, trends of like, I know Chrissy Teigen, like, if mm. we're going to talk like big publicity, she like went through that. And I, that for me was very emotional. And I was, you know, grateful for that. And I see the part of like, you know, you never you're writing this um, fine line of like, you don't want to get attention for something that you don't feel like you kind of need attention for. But I think it's important because, I mean, I, if we go back to this over October, um, that for me, like I personally have had like this year, I, once the pandemic hit, I just didn't drink for a while because that's not something I have a problem with either. I have, I definitely have my own problems, but not with, um, alcohol, but I didn't drink for a few months and it was just because I wasn't going out as much. Um, I kind of, started thinking about our relationship with alcohol in the world too, because I realized how much it is ingrained. And even with the pandemic and all these people kind of losing their livelihood because they can't open bars and restaurants. And you start to think like, wow, all of our money, our economy, it's all centered around alcohol, you know? So I see that, but, um, I went, once May came, I went to, uh, some kind of like my friend's house. And I was like, okay, well, I haven't drank in three months, so I'll drink. And for me, the mental health aspect that I just never realized before was that day I dipped so low after drinking. And I just don't think I ever realized that before. So for me, I, that day I decided I wasn't going to drink anymore. Um, I don't have any problems with people drinking, but I think to hear you speak about it was important for me because I was experiencing that I was making that decision to move away. And, um, I think it was just really cool to see somebody speak to it. So yeah. Yeah. 
Well, no, I'm, I'm glad that you were able to take something away from that. Um, and that's kind of what it's about. I mean, if we don't talk about these things, um, we're, we're never going to move forward from them. You know, you know, women aren't going to feel the ability to talk about their losses. If, if we don't talk, not, not me, but just in general, like people in general, like to talk about it and, you know, move on and, and, and seek the help that they might need to, to seek. And, um, yeah, back to the alcohol thing. It's like, you know, when you say you don't drink and I think I've said it myself, uh, years ago, like I always feel like, you know, if someone's, if someone says, Oh, I don't drink, especially knowing if they had in the past, like, there must've been a problem, right? Because like, it's like, oh, everyone drinks, you know, it, you know, we all, you know, have beers at home or go out and socialize and all that kind of stuff. But like, you know, especially in Northeastern Pennsylvania too, it seems like if you say to someone that you don't drink, they're like, you know, what? You don't drink? <laughs> yeah. you, are you okay? <laughs> um, but I feel yeah. that I went to a bar one time this year Um and I, that was the first time I had been in a bar probably since I've been 21 and didn't have at least one drink. And I had been asked like at least six or seven times, like, do you need a drink? Like, where's your drink? What are you drinking? Like what? Yeah. And I, I'm okay. Like I didn't really feel the pressure, but I know that I have friends that do feel the pressure when they hear that. So it is so ingrained in us. And I think it's something that I really thought about a lot this year, um, the other thing that you mentioned that I think is just an interesting thing about 2020 is that we are all going through it because of COVID, but other these other things come up for just individuals in general. Like, I don't know if it's like a, like a theme or like, that's where like my spiritual aspect kind of comes in because I'm like, how is everyone I know going through their own truly tough battles? And like, they're so different from like you, like you went through that with your wife for me. Um, I've had like, um, like I had a loss of a friend and um, I've had like just some uh, like mental health stuff kind of come back. And um, I've been like kind of like working through old traumas because for me, the co like COVID kind of gave me that time to sit down and process some of the things in my past that I hadn't processed. Um, but to do that kind of digs things up and then you have like people in your life that you have relationships with. And then all of a sudden you're like, oh wait, they did this a long time ago and I was okay with it, but now I'm not. And so that causes like a little bit of a change in dynamics. So, um, but that's just my particular thing, but I just think it's interesting uh, and you know, sucks, but it's very like, everyone is just feeling it right now. Yeah. Well, I think because, you know, the world kind of, you know, shut down like it stopped, like people stopped moving. Um, you know, when you're going through things, you know, um, like for instance, I, I lost my father, uh, in 2005 and, um, instead of taking some time, you know, to myself, I, I just kind of kept going with things. I kept working. I kept, you know, just kind of like throwing myself into all these different things to not, I don't want to say ignore it, but just to kind of like, so I wasn't sitting home, you know, just dwelling on it because it was obviously a terrible moment in my life. And I think that's kind of what you're, what you're getting at too, is, you know, the pandemic hit, the world shut down and people kind of started looking inside themselves and, and saying like, oh, they had, they had more time. 
I mean, the, the mm-hmm. amount of people who started remodeling their homes and <laughs> I know. and you know just fixing things that they've been ignoring or, or um, avoiding yeah. or just not get, having the time to address, they started to you know have that time to do those things. So it's I don't I hate to you know compare mental health to someone fixing their home, but I mean going that back. Is, to, I honestly think it is related though. <laughs> no, but like you just you just have more time. Like oh man, like yeah, you know, the 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 things that I did to you know, kind of keep those thoughts at bay, you know, I'm not doing, I'm not going to work. I'm not doing this. And it's like, okay, now I'm like, this is time to, to self-reflect and yeah. on who I am and what we're doing. And um, yeah. So I think there's been a lot of issues where people like, you know, have that time now. And, um, yeah. and then, you know, you add the you know loss of jobs to, you know, people's fragile states of mind. And that really kind of just really compounds everything. And I, I I'm so thankful. My wife and I, we haven't experienced um, uh, a direct finance. I, I mean, I'm in sales, so my my um, you know my pay has been reduced um, substantially. But again, I'm thankful that I have some income coming in. Um, yeah. But I can't imagine. I mean, there's there's people who are losing. You know, both are you know um, you know wife and husband or you know, know. Yeah. whatever it might be they're losing their their jobs and like it's like how do i afford to pay for rent or my car payment or this and that the other thing and um i can't imagine and then you know you throw in uh parents who have children that are in school and then you have to homeschool them i don't know how that works um thankfully my kid's not in He's in daycare, which has been open, but he's not, he's not in like, you know, the grade school, uh, atmosphere. And how does that work? How, if you're a mother and father who both have to work, like how do your kids get homeschooled? Like how, do, I don't know how that works. And they're uh, asking like questions. Yeah. I, I actually, at my job, I work from home. Um, I work for a bank, but I, we switched to working from home. And in the beginning, I, it was like a month or a half in. And one of our bosses kind of called a meeting to say, like, our, like, what's everyone doing? Like, your stats are down. And um, I knew that I had coworkers who had kids. Like, one of them had, like, four kids. And they just were all going from home, like, doing Zoom calls, like, all of that. And I, like, spoke up on behalf of those people because I'm like, you don't realize, like, we're in our homes and other things are happening. And yeah. you can't just ignore your child when they're having – and you have four kids that have like all have to do their own separate zoom calls and who knows how old they are if they can even like, so it was a huge adjustment, I think. And that kind of stress, I, I am with you. I can't even imagine. And then, you know, losing the jobs on top of it. And I'm, I'm seeing that more and more, which is really sad. Um, yeah, it's just, it's a crazy year. Yeah. You know, too, it's, it's funny because I think mental health and people, there's, there's also been a stigma created, um, I'm going to say, particularly for men, but I don't want that to be taken out of context because it, it applies to everyone. But it's like, if something happens to you, oh, like, you know, uh, put your big boy pants on and, and you know, push, you know, push through it or, or, or whatever that might be, or, you know, pick yourself up by the bootstraps and, and move on. Like, don't be a wuss. Like, yeah. you know, how dare you, like, you know, think about, um, you know what you're feeling just keep pushing forward 
And I think you, people sh- need to push forward, but it's also you can't ignore what's going on. Um, Definitely. And I honestly, I I feel like sometimes I reach out, like I don't have a significant other, but I have a lot of guy friends. And when I'm having an issue, they're the ones I'm calling. Like, I'm like, I need to call a guy right now because I need him to call me down. And that's not really fair, you know, because then I, I do feel like in our society, we do have this idea where men are like the strong ones and you know, we're going to go to them and they're going to keep themselves together and they're going to try to, and you're right, it's not fair um, and it's not healthy. And I think that's when you, I mean, the demographic for middle-aged white male is the highest demographic for suicide. Um, And there's so much depression there. And so I think it's really important what you're saying, because I think that there is a huge like missing component where we're not paying attention to those people and we're making them feel like, they don't deserve to be paid attention to, or it is weak for them to share how they're feeling. Um, I do think that there are men who have a hard time being vulnerable and it's for that reason, because society has told them not to be. Um, and I, I, that's one of the things I, um, I like had a few episodes on that where like men have like discussed that because it is, it's an issue. It, it really is. And so I feel like, um, there's, it's it's like both ends, um, you know, because I feel like right now we are focusing a lot on women, uh, which I think is deserved. Um, but I mm. also think it's not just like a women issue. Like, and I don't want to say issue because I don't want anyone to feel like what they're experiencing is like a bad thing. It's just the way that society is kind of making it right now. Um, but the good news is that we are having these conversations and people are picking up on that and that's what I wanted to create with the show um, because I think it is so important and I'm glad that people are paying attention to it now. And you're saying that, you know, because I want my male friends and <laughs> to feel like they can have emotions and express them. Um, and I, I get your like component about going forward too, because sometimes I'm like lost in it and I'm like, I, you, you do, you need to push forward too. You can't get stuck in it. Yeah, you definitely can't sulk in the corner because no one else is really going to care too much. Um, yeah. I mean, initially, yeah. But, I mean, you got to – you know, life's life's crazy. And, <clears throat> you know, I don't know how old you are. Um, you look very young. 31. Okay. <laughs> Surprising, right? <laughs> I, thought, I thought you were uh, early 20s, so yeah. <laughs> good for you. <laughs> but, I mean, you know, it's, it's very complex. And, you know – it's every generation too. Cause I, I feel like every generation it's like, Oh, like the, the new generation are a bunch of like babies and they, 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 they're not tough like we were or whatever it might be. I just think it's different. It's different. You know, we are able to, we, you know, we have more resources at our fingertips. We, we can do more research. We can, um, you know, we have more, although I think we're less social now, than we were before. I mean, we're more social in that we can see into the lives of of so many people through social media. Um, it just it's it's life is very complex in that you know there's just a lot to access. Um, and I don't know if it's good or bad. I mean, I, I feel like social media is definitely a blessing and a curse. Um. I don't know how it's impacted young children. 
unfortunately i will get to that point uh <laughs> eventually uh but just it's weird it's weird to you know you know kids who are in school and you know who you know back in my day if you got bullied at school it, it ended at school now it's yeah you know if kids are getting bullied they're they're going home and they're they're getting bullied more uh on online and it's it's weird too because like bullying like you think about um being bullied like you're being beat up or whatever or you're being threatened like you can kind of be like if you're if you have this circle of friends and you know you see all your friends doing something without you mm-hmm. obviously that was kind of done on purpose like they left you out and but now you're seeing it mm-hmm. that's kind of being bullied essentially like mm-hmm. not like not directly like like what we're used to but i feel like that's kind of like um being bullied in that like you were you know, on purpose left out. And now you have to sit there and think about, Oh, why was it left out? And, you know, back in the day, if your friends did something without you, you didn't know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, exactly. it's just, it's weird. It's, yeah. Sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off. No, no. It's just life is, life is such uh, a complex thing. Um, and, you know, I'm glad there's people like you doing what you're doing and kind of, you know, pulling back the layers on, on things because I think we need to. Yeah, we talk about almost every episode, I will tell you, social media comes up almost every episode, not prompted. So it's definitely something people are thinking about. I have um, like a lot of views on it, like in one aspect, um, like I think how we view history is changing because like I don't like, for example, um, I'm just thinking of like Waco, Texas, when there was like that commune that um, there was like a bunch of military force. And I don't know if you know too much about that. Yeah. Um, but I just remember being a child and uh, my dad watching it on the news and my dad telling me that, you know, there was this crazy guy and he was a threat and we needed to get in there and save these people. And then now you kind of look back and you see it in a different light where you see it from their point of view. And, you know, I don't really want to get into the (laughs) whatever we think of it. I'm just saying that kind of speaks to the way that because we have so much information and so much resources, Whereas my dad just got whatever he got from the news. Now I'm going back to my dad 20 years later and being like, dad, mm, I don't know if it actually happened that way. And um, yes, it did. Yes, it did. <laughs> yeah. So uh, that is like one aspect of like, it's kind of good. Um, with the podcast, I've been able to reach out to people in the UK that I would never do before. And we've been able to compare like our mental health, like um, how our countries deal with it and how our countries dealt with COVID. So we can literally be like, is this happening in your country? Cause this is what's happening in mine. Um, so that's the good aspect. Mm-hmm. But the other aspect is like you go online and you do feel left out of things or you see people like so happy, you see people buying houses, you see people, you know, getting engaged, whatever it is. And then you're just sitting there like, well, none of that's happening to me. Like, what am I doing wrong? Um, but then I think of like, when I post like, things where I'm happy and I'm with all of my friends having a great time. And then I think about people who may not have like friends who are looking at my posts, like she has everything figured out. And in reality, I was happy for that moment when that like snapshot was taken and maybe for a few hours later, but then I went home and was alone and now I'm comparing it just like you are. So I think it is really kind of (laughs) crazy. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, none of us have this figured out. We're yeah. and we're not going to. There's just too much to to kind of comprehend. We're not. None of us have it figured out. No matter what people think and you know what people post on social media, like at the end of the day, none of us have this all figured out. It's impossible. 
Yeah. And I think that's like the human component. And I think it's good um, to hear you say that. So thank you. Uh, I actually wanted, I had some questions for you about um, mental health in the, in the um, music scene, because I have, um, I was kind of like trying to, uh, well, I've had like a friend, like I know he's a musician, he's not from around here, but he spoke to the aspect of when you're a musician and you are trying to release music or all the time, or, you know, like everybody has like singles coming out and he's like, I can go on social media and I see like this band released this single and they're getting like this publicity. Um, and I feel like if I'm not doing that, if I'm not producing something, if I'm not getting the feedback that I want right away, then I feel like I'm a failure. Um, or like, I just, he kind of spoke to like the pressure of that. So I just wondered if you have ever, you know, kind of experienced that or have any idea of what that might be like. Well, I think, you know, for musicians in general, um, and I believe the lead singer for the band Motionless in White, which came out of, uh, this area in Northeastern Pennsylvania, um, you know, he was having a real hard time, you know, not being able to play, um, like play shows and go on tour and you know people i don't think people really think about musicians that way and i don't think people have really thought about the impact uh financially this these bands are experiencing because you know they make money by playing shows um and i'm going to tie this back into the the shirts of the scene and i apologize but um you know then people think they're oh you're in a band you play a show on the weekend you make 100 bucks and like you know, you're not going to miss that money, but I mean, they play maybe three times a week, you know, for 52 weeks and that money adds up. That's extra income for them, whether it's, you know, kind of bridges some gaps in some other areas or whatever it might be, but they're not making that money. Um, that's why I wanted this shirts for the scene to kind of like help fill a void yeah. uh, mm -hmm. in, as far as finances go, but getting back to people and their mental health and musicians, like, you know, if they're not playing, I mean, that's like a release for a lot of those people. Like, you know, artists, I mean, well, I want to preface this by saying I, I'm not a smart person. So please, whatever I say, don't take this. <laughs> I, don't, I don't believe that, but okay. <laughs> but, no, but like, like, you know, artists, I don't want to say they're sensitive, but like. <laughs> they, they are because I'm one. <laughs> yeah. So like, I mean, they're, they're sensitive. They, so we all see things differently, right? We all handle things different yeah. ways. Like, so like. You know, when I say this, I don't want to like come off as like I'm not an artist. Like I have yeah. no creative bone in my body. Like I used to color back in the day, right? <laughs> <laughs> but um, like I think, I think there's like a part of their like their brain that like helps them be creative and and be artist and and all that kind of stuff. So like, you know, they lose that outlet, right? Yeah, I mean, I think like I don't, not to cut you off, but I think like one of the things maybe you're getting at because that like my friend had mentioned that without shows like he he just said like he's like I look for outwards affirmation for what I'm doing and shows give me that because mm -hmm. I see people dancing I see people singing my you know whatever and now I don't have that so it's hard when you don't have that coming in yeah, yeah. and then going back to the songs like you know it's kind of neat living in a digital age and and you know you know, back in the day, I wouldn't get new music from uh, my favorite artists for two years. And that's when they typically release the new albums every two or three years. So now artists are able to, they're releasing, you know, singles, so to speak, every, you know, six to eight weeks. 
which is kind of cool because they can release that music. They can kind of get um, a response uh, to it and they can kind of see like, oh, people love this style. They love what I did here. Um, you know, the next song, maybe it will be similar to that. Or or maybe if someone's like, oh, but this song's terrible. And you, and you said before, like they didn't get the reaction they wanted from it. Well, now they can go back to the drawing board and kind of create something different really quick. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think there's a, a positive. Um, That's true. In that sense. But again, going back to social media and you have that direct instant um, you know, response, it could be detrimental to someone who's like, you know, I put my heart and soul into this and people shit on it. And I I'm sorry. Know. No, it's okay. I don't know if I can curse on here. I'm yeah, sorry. Uh, but you know, people, people, like, you know, they're like, oh man, I put everything I had in this and people shit on it. And, um, you know, where do I go from here? So it's, again, it's like, it's twofold. It's like, it's great because it's, it's instant. We can change things. We can, you know, put something else out six weeks later or whatever it might be. But it's also instant in that it could be a negative. Yeah. I could see that. I could see that. I think it's, um, I think it's an interesting time to kind of like, I do know that some of my friends have been able to kind of get the back end of music. You know, they've been able to uh, work on like producing themselves or like working on like the computer stuff. I don't know a whole lot about music, but I will say that while I got super bored during um, quarantine, I was getting jealous of my friends who played music because I am a poet and I write. um, And I am jealous of musicians because they can be poets and they can be very vulnerable, but their music can mask it like just enough where like, if you're a poet and you're just literally saying like, Hey, my heart's broken. Like there's no nice music around it to like, they get, they're just like, Oh, Monica's just filling her soul again. So I'm like, well, I'm going to learn because I don't want to be jealous anymore. So I did pick up a guitar and I have been um, playing. So there's such a power to music. And I think that whether you're, um, you know, the consumer, or the listener, or the person producing it, like there's just, I, there's just a sacredness to music. And I know that you must feel that because you are very passionate about it. Yeah. I mean, I, I've said this before and it, it kind of sounds silly at times, but, um, you know, that hour on Saturday nights on the radio. And again, it's a Saturday night on a local radio station. Um, you know, I'm not setting the world on fire, but I, that, that hour every week gave me a sense of purpose. And I, I love music and I'm not able to play it, but I love hearing it. I love, um, you know, people talking about it. So this was for me a way to still be involved somehow without being able to perform it, but able be able to share it with others. Um, and there's so much talent here in Northeastern Pennsylvania. Um, you know, when I started the radio show, I, I thought I had my finger on the pulse of the local scene because I had been in it for so long, but it got to the point where like, I kind of like stuck with like, you know, what I was familiar with. And I was introduced to so many new artists from doing that show that, uh, have become friends of mine. And, um, just I'm blown away by the talent that's here. Um, and it's, it's just really a cool thing to be a part of. I'm I agree with you. I think that um, because I've lived in different cities and I've seen like, I mean, I lived in Philly for a while. And so, of course, there's going to be like a huge music scene there. But I will say I moved to Milwaukee and there really wasn't one. Uh, There wasn't a huge art scene. And I was shocked by that because I feel like here we have visual artists, we have poets, we have 
musicians. And like you said, there's this talent here. So I have a theory. So I'll tell you what All my right. theory is. It's really it. out there. Um, but I heard and I don't have, you know, the research to back it up. So nobody quote me on this. But I did hear that the reason why we have anthracite coal in this region um, and 75% of it in the world, which I do know that for a fact, um, was because when before like all of the continents broke apart and we were all Pangea, Scranton was actually like in the middle of the equator and got like most of the sun's rays, um, which is why we had like the anthracite coal. So I just happen to think that like it's a blessed land. Um, I know that it's been ravaged and they've taken all the coal, but I just feel like because there's so much talent there is really so much talent just coming out of this like small part of the world that spiritually I'm like, we've been blessed because we were in the middle of it all when this all started and somehow we ended up here. So that's why I think musicians are so good in Northeastern Pennsylvania. That works for me. <laughs> <laughs> I told you I'm not, I'm not smart. So yeah, you, I mean, you could tell me whatever you wanted to and uh, yeah, that, that, that's, that's, that's I tell good. everyone that though. I do, but you're right. Cause I, um, I'm blown away and I think there's a mental aspect, a mental health aspect of even the people who go to shows haven't really been able to do that. Yeah. Um, and so for me, seeing live music takes me out of the bad place. And so not having that can be difficult. Yeah. And I, I mean, I talked to a lot of bands, um, one in particular before this all happened. I mean, they had, um, like showcases at South by Southwest set up for this year, which could have been a huge opportunity for them. Right. Um, and that's gone. And it's not like, you know, these people who are putting together these festivals are like, Oh, or we'll put them on the, the list for next year. Like next year could look completely different. And so that, that might be just a missed opportunity for them, which is terrible. I mean, they worked so hard to get there. And I mean, I think there's a lot of bands that are going to break up, you know, cause they're not, they, they either have to like find other ways to like, you know, make money. And they're just like, this the band was good. It, it made, you know, something, but now we have to focus on like, you know, what's going to pay the bills, you know, mm -hmm. all the way. So it's just like, it, it's going to be, it's a struggle for them. It's a struggle for everyone. Um, it's yeah, it sucks. It does. It does. I feel, um, I have hope that like everything that will come back together because uh, I just think things are going to be different um, for a while. And once we kind of get out of uh, this pandemic, what, you know, it's just going to be different because there will be some businesses that were there and aren't anymore. And like you said, there will be some bands that were there and were not. Um, so I think it's going to be, something where people can come back together and there can be positive things that will reform or emerge from that. But it's just right now we're in like this rearranging stage and we haven't stopped that yet. So it's. Yeah. And I'm really worried that we have not seen, especially on a local level, the, the closure of a lot of businesses. I feel like next year after they get through this, this year and kind of see where they're at, um, I think we're going to see a lot of places um, not exist. And I don't think we've seen the fallout uh, completely yeah. yet, which is unfortunate. I mean, I hope I'm wrong. I really no, do. I know. I, I mean, I, I feel it though, because this year, you know, they're still kind of working on what they had from last year. And now 
it's been a while. So yeah, yeah I know. Um, yeah, it's so it's difficult. And I, uh, I'm there are <laughs> I, I I'm thinking of places and my heart's just going out to them. So yeah, I, I totally feel you on that. Um, but I, I do have a hope for humanity and that somehow, you know, everyone will bounce back eventually. So I hope so. Yeah. But um, yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, those are like a lot of the questions that I have. Like, did you have any questions that you wanted to ask me? Like, you don't have to, but I like to open the forum if you had anything you were thinking of. No, I mean, uh, I, I saw your name come across um, within the, like the last like two weeks. Um and that's probably because I started a podcast. So I was kind of like going through like, you know, social media and kind of like seeing different, different things. And um, I did see your name and I was, when you reached out to me, I'm like, wow, like that's just, this is really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember I saying, I hope you, I hope you know that I'm not, I'm not, uh, I'm not screwed up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that I yeah. know of. I mean, I'm definitely screwed up. <laughs> yeah. But uh, again, thankfully I, I have not suffered from any kind of addiction or, or, true mental illness that's been diagnosed anyways (laughs) it might be there i just don't know about it yet (laughs) but uh, i mean why did i mean i think i know the answer to this but i mean like you started this i mean when did you start it why did you start it and what's what's your goal yeah so i um for me i have had just a like a crazy life i would say um and nothing like that I can tell you that everyone would be like shocked. It's just, you know, like I had parents who were divorced and I had um, like I, I was bullied in high school. So when you were talking about that with the social media, social media started when I was in high school. So I had had people like creating screen names and bullying me. And like I remember being in eighth grade and I got this email like about how like from an anonymous person um, about how I should die and all this stuff. And I remember reading it and my dad was like behind me. And I just credit that to the start of like a lot of like the bullying and how it, I was internalized because I just ran to my bedroom and cried for the next five hours. Like I just couldn't really like handle it. Um, and so I think I, I've always had like anxiety and then, um, I had some like issues with like sexual assault. And a few years ago I moved to Milwaukee and, I was uh, working, I worked for a tobacco company and I worked in a um, really dangerous part of the city. And that is the uh, top fourth most segregated city in the United States, which I didn't know before I moved there. But there was an incident where there were two people fighting in um, one of the gas stations that I had to work in. and it just kept escalating and they were like tossing things around and like uh, the owner put like the security bars over the door and just said like, nobody's leaving the store for until the cops come. But in Milwaukee, the cops don't come for like two to three hours because they're so overworked. Um, it didn't wind up being that long because the person like finally just gave up because I think the people in the store were ready to throw a mutiny because they're like, we need to go to work. We can't stay here. I, everyone else is kind of fine with the situation, but me, I'm like crying and scared. Like, I don't know, but that triggered in me, um, the PTSD and I had a really hard time, um, kind of making sense of that. And so the last three years have been me kind of like rebuilding my life from that. But 
where the podcast came in is I do feel that there has been this stigma around mental health um, and that it isn't easy to speak to. And I've always been able to use my voice. And that's one of the things that um, is a blessing and a curse because I've been able to say like, hey, I went through this, but then you open yourself up for even more stigma or even more whatever. Um, But I've always just seen it as if I'm going through these things, I know other people are too, and I'm going to use my voice to give them a voice, to have them feel like they're heard, they're like seen, they don't have to feel like they're stigmatized. Because I've had these mental health things, but I've still, I've been fortunate enough to have parents who, you know, got me help, the help that I needed, um, and I've been fortunate enough to be able to afford the help that I've needed. And I've been able to put it in a place where it's not affecting my everyday life. Um, I mean, it does, but I can rationalize it. And I realized if I didn't have those tools, I would be in a like a terrible place right now. Um, so I wanted to honestly take what I learned and share it with other people because I know that everyone doesn't have the resources that we have. And I wanted, I guess, to give meaning to my suffering in a way um, that I can turn it into something positive. Um, And I also wanted to speak to other people, all kinds of walks of life, because I know when when I asked you, you're like, well, I don't really like struggle. So I don't know if you really want me on the show, you know, Uh, but I do, because I think that we are all managing our mental health, whether we have struggles or we don't. But like you said, like you went through things this year and you had to feel a certain way about it and work through those feelings and then move forward. And essentially, we're all doing that. So I guess I wanted to open like the discussion of mental health to not only be about our struggles, um, but also to be about the positive things that we do and the way that we just simply manage it because I can manage it by going to therapy and all that other stuff. But somebody like you, you might not need that, but there are people like you out in the world that need to hear your perspective as well, you know? So I think it was really, um, I was tired of seeing mental health only being spoken about when somebody shot up a place and then you go in hindsight and be like, well, they had this problem, they had this and they had like, and I'm like, well, there are people who have a lot of mental health problems that don't shoot places up and what are they going through and why don't they get the voice? And um, I think that was like the, the general idea for it. Yeah, it's great. Like I said before, I mean, you know, if we don't talk about these things, we're not going to move forward with them. So, I mean, yeah, it, it, we need people like you and, and just in general just to, to talk about these issues that we're all experiencing because it's not this we shouldn't be ashamed by them. I mean I it's know. stuff that we're going through, it's stuff that we're that we've experienced and stuff that we you know, we wouldn't want our worst enemies to to uh experience, but here we are. Yeah, absolutely. I think um I'll be honest, like I freak out every time I I speak to it because I'm worried about who is like, who's listening and who's like judging. And that's like something I, I work on, but because I don't want to be the poster child for mental illness, you know, that's not really what I want, but at the same time, if the shoe fits and that's what happens to get people talking and thinking and um, 
But I've honestly, every conversation that I've had, every show I've had, I've gotten so much out of it. Like I, I spoke to someone the other day and it was a person that I, like, I felt like in the past I had almost looked at like in a jealous way of like, they have everything figured out and I don't. And I was like, I want that person on my show because I want to know really what they're all about. And it changes everything. I'm like, you, they tell you things and you're like, I would never have ever guessed that that is what's happening in your head and what <laughs> you've gone through. Um, and so I think it really builds empathy and, um, and, and being able to like really connect with others and not get caught in whatever perception you have of them, but actually seeing who they really are. Yeah, for sure. You know, the, you always say, uh, don't judge a book by its cover. And I don't think there's a, a truer saying out there because that's we're all going through different things and you know we don't it's especially with social media we, we don't just get to a point um you know by accident some of us yeah. do but i mean Definitely. so it's good that you're able to kind of like really reflect on that too though i mean that's I think it's an important part of you know what you're going through thanks thanks i appreciate that so i mean i i feel like i've um you know i've answered or i've asked all my questions i've really enjoyed your perspectives on all of it. So I'm glad that we had this conversation. And is there anything else you'd like to add, like for the listeners or anything? Um, no, thanks for having me. Best of luck with this. Uh, go to the popgoproject.com. Um, you'll see there just like I said, the shirts for the scene. Um, I just released the top 20 local music or local songs of 2020. Um, I loved it. I loved it. I looked and there were some, some of my favorites on there. Yeah. So. It's, it's actually, I, I didn't get to put everyone on the list cause I, I was like, I want to just put 20 on there for 2020 cause that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, but there's so much more out there that I didn't include. Um, but yeah, I mean, my goal is to just kind of use this, the platform as a, as a vehicle for good. And if I can do, um, you know, good things for people and, and also be rewarded by, feeling that um that's cool for me i'm not i'm not doing this to to be anything other than um an outlet for people so awesome well i so appreciate your spirit and i look forward to you know working or speaking or seeing you in the future and yeah. uh thanks again yeah thank you sounds good yeah have a great day you too see you all right bye All right, well, there you have it, everyone. Johnny Popko. So I personally loved that conversation. I think we covered a lot of ground in uh, however long, one hour. And I think it just speaks to these conversations are so important. I mean, we learn about each other. We learn about different perspectives in the world, and we're able to kind of make sense of some of it. And... I enjoy that immensely. So I'm grateful for um, Johnny for coming on the podcast, for being so open um, and all of his work that he is doing in the community. So I did put the link in the bio uh, for the PopGo project. I definitely suggest you check that out. And if you can buy a band tea, that would be great. Um, Johnny also has his own podcast that you can also check out as well. And uh, yeah, thank you. Thank you so much. I 
I feel like usually I speak a little bit more at the end of the episode, but I, I think we really covered it all. And uh, I don't know, in my perspective, it was a beautiful conversation. So I hope that my listeners uh, enjoyed it as well. So, um, oh my goodness, what is it that I say at the end of every episode? <gasps> if you like what you hear, uh, please go on Apple iTunes and leave me a five-star review. Um, I hate to be so brash and ask, but it will uh, help me on the business end and allow my message to get out to uh, more people. Um, if you're interested in making a one-time donation to the show, you can reach out to me on social media or through my email, which is how we get by dot podcast at gmail.com, which can help me with costs of equipment, um, which can make the editing a little bit more easy for me. But the single best thing that you can do for the show is to simply share it, um, either on social media, by word of mouth, or with a friend who you think might benefit from hearing it, um, I'm really appreciative for everyone who has shared and supported the show. It has been amazing. It's been a great journey, and I'm glad that we're still on it. The music that you hear in the beginning and the end of every episode is by Joe Burke. Um, I included a link to his music as well in the show notes, but you can uh, stream his music on all of the major platforms. He just came out with a new single called Fire, and I definitely recommend that. I think that's all I have for this week. I hope you enjoyed this, and I hope you have a beautiful week. And a great holiday. Yeah, whatever holiday you um, you celebrate around this time, I hope you enjoy it, because I think we all deserve it. Um, and if you are in quarantine right now, just know that a lot of us are as well, and we won't always be in quarantine. There will be more holidays with our families, and there is hope for the future, so just never, don't stop looking for the light. All right, have a wonderful week.